Welcome to Big God Stories, a ministry of First Baptist Church, San Angelo, Texas. Hosted by Pastor Greg Breedlove, our guest today is Martha Dufresne. Welcome, everybody, to the inaugural podcast here at uh, First Baptist Church in beautiful downtown San Angelo. Uh, I'm Greg Breedlove, and I have a special guest today, Murph Dufresne. Hello, Greg. How are you today, Murph? I'm good. Thank you for inviting me. Well, you know, you played a big part in making this podcast happen. You didn't know at the time, but uh, over our dinner conversation a few weeks ago uh, over at the house, I heard your story or part of it, and uh, I got to thinking, you know, that's a that's a big God story. Yeah. And uh, I, I was blessed to hear it. And uh, the thing that hurt my heart is, well, there's a whole lot of people that haven't heard that story. And I've also been really wanting to start a podcast, and I, I feel like God just laid it on my lap a couple of weeks ago, like, Greg, just bring people in and give them an opportunity to share their big God stories. And so uh, I'm excited to have you today as our first guest, and uh, well, I'm ready to get started. Are you ready? Thank you. I am ready. Yes. Well, uh, for those that don't know you, you're Murph Dufresne, and uh, would you just first tell us how, how on earth did people start calling you Murph? Well, my mother named me Martha. But uh, in 1987, my brother-in-law, who I went to Howard Payne University with, and we were friends, started calling me by funny names in front of our nieces and nephews. He's just doing it as a joke. We do a lot of that. And uh, he kept calling me funny names. And finally, he came up with Murph. And he started telling the kids to call me Aunt Murph. And that's where it started. And then it just kind of grew from there. And when I was working at the hospital here in San Angelo, there were about five Marthas at that at the hospital. And nobody ever knew which Martha was answering the phone. So I finally just said, just call me Murph. And the young people at the church at First Baptist, when I went on ski trips with them, they call me Nurse Murph. So it just kind of stuck. Okay. I love that. Well, Welcome, Nurse Murph. We're Thank excited <laughs> to have you today. And uh, at a later date, maybe you can tell us some of those other names that uh, came before yeah. Murph. So uh, uh, hopefully they're all uh, church podcast worthy. Um, I think so. Okay. All right. Well, you shared a big God story uh, the other day. And uh, wow, it it touched my heart. And uh, I want to give you an opportunity to, to share that story. And, and the, the story starts a few years back when God had called you to be a summer missionary. So let's let's go back to that summer and tell us a little bit about how that all got started. Okay, in 1969, I applied to be a, a summer missionary with a Baptist Student Ministries. And I wanted to go to Israel. God had a different plan. He sent me to Michigan. And uh, when I got to Michigan, we did some work in the Upper Peninsula, and then we worked in Midland, Michigan. While I was in Midland, Michigan, we worked at the county fair there. And um, it's really interesting because in those days, we didn't carry bottles of water around with us. Uh, you just went and drank out of a water fountain. Well, where we were working in this big barn, uh, giving away Good News for Modern Man, which is a New Testament that was very popular in the 60s and 70s, um, we were thirsty, and there were these little kids walking around with brown bottles. And I thought, well, that couldn't be alcoholic because they're little kids. So we went over to a snack bar area, 
and met the two young men that were working there. And I said, we're from the South. I, have no, I don't have any idea what this drink is in the brown bottle. Is it alcoholic? And, of course, they laughed. And they said, no, it's not. So we got some of those. And in that time, during that afternoon, we had some interaction with the two young men. We gave them Bibles and told them what we were doing there. And um, it was two days later that I, um, I called to talk to the young man who was named Tom. And uh, his mother got the message to him. And he decided that he would come to the missionary's house where we were living well, at that time, uh, it was lots of fun. We had guitars. We were singing and things like that. But we had to come back to Texas the next day. But Tom seemed very interested in me. In fact, he had told his friend the night that he, two nights after he met me, that he was going to marry me. So, I mean, you know, that's kind of where the story starts. And sure enough, two weeks later, he was in Texas. And uh, when we were in Michigan, though, he had asked me what a summer missionary did. He said, I thought missionaries had buns on their head and wore long dresses, you know, and we're in Africa. He had been raised in the Catholic Church. And so that's kind of the stereotype that he understood. And when he asked me what a missionary did, a summer missionary did, then I, it opened the door for me to share with him a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And he told me, he said, you know, that happened to me in the Catholic Church. He said he was working at a... Uh, Hispanic mission, and that he was supposed to be helping the priest serve the Eucharist. And he said he was on his knees, and he said it was all of a sudden the heavens opened, and God said, if I'd been the only person on the, in the world, I would have died for you. And he said it was very plain to me that Jesus had died on the cross for me. And he said he went to the priest, and they couldn't, they couldn't explain it to him. So when I showed up a year and a half later, it was kind of like Philip and the eunuch, I guess. Uh, I was telling him what a personal experience with Jesus Christ was. And he said, that happened to me, and nobody's ever been able to tell me what it was. So two weeks after I left Michigan, he was in Texas, came to Howard Payne, went to college there. We married uh, in June after that. So we've been married 53 years. During the time of our marriage uh, it was kind of a rocky bumpy thing with his parents because they thought that we had kind of walked off the end of the world because we were serving the Lord and but we prayed for his family for many years his brothers became Christians uh, there's one we're still praying for his dad became a Christian about six months before he died and but his mother told Tom after the funeral that she just still wasn't interested in all of this stuff. They'd been kicked out of uh, kicked out of schools. They were in Catholic schools, and you know, if you didn't behave a certain way, they were kind of you know uh, shunned in some ways. So they just never were interested in church after that. And we prayed for Tom's family. Our children wrote them letters about salvation, and it was it was just years and years of sharing Jesus with them. Um, after his father died, Tom asked him, he said, are you interested? He said, are you, do you want to accept Christ as your Savior? And she said, nope, not interested. And it was about three or four years after that that we went up to visit them. And um, I kept telling Tom, this may be our last time to tell your mother. Ask her again. Talk to her again about Jesus, about salvation. Tom, you must do that before we leave. 
Well, we, the, Tom and his brother had to leave and go get gasoline, and I was left sitting there with his mother. And she was 84 years old, and she was talking about how miserable she was because she had all this debt, the money debt, and things like that, and how unhappy she was. And I said, you know, Ma, when we get to heaven, we're not even going to have to think about that. I said, Tom and I have bills, too, and it does get overwhelming sometimes. But when we get to heaven, and I said, I'd really like you to be in heaven with us because that will all go away. And I just looked at her, and I said, are you ready to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior? She said, yes. And I, she was sitting in a chair. I got down on my knees in front of her, and she accepted Christ as her Savior. My, my. And how much longer did she live after that? About four years. Okay. Yeah, she, we prayed for her for 40 years. Wow. Seriously. Wow. Well, I love that. I love that. That's a big story, and I have a whole lot of questions, and we're going to take a little break, and when we come back from our break, I'm going to ask you some questions. Okay. Uh, so stay tuned. I'd like to tell you about a ministry here at First Baptist called Neighbors Cafe. Every weekday, Monday through Friday, a free meal is given to anyone who would like one at Neighbors Cafe. No cost, no questions asked. If you're hungry, join us at Rush Street and get a hot meal between 11.30 and 12.30, Monday through Friday. It's Neighbors Serving Neighbors at Neighbors Cafe. Well, welcome back to the show. We've just uh, heard a, a big God story from Murph Dufresne. She told us about uh, how God used her and sent her out to Michigan instead of Israel. It's kind of interesting. Where you, you know, uh, well, he, he sent you out to Michigan for the summer, and uh, that led to meeting your husband, uh, led to uh, a large portion of his family coming to faith in Christ over the years, uh, really culminating uh, after 40 years of prayer, his mom coming to faith. But let's go back to that first summer. Uh, and uh, what, what was it like? wanting to go to Israel, but instead going to Mosquito Town, Michigan. I spent a summer in Michigan. I had no idea that they have big old mosquitoes up there. Well, I flew from Midland, Texas to Midland, Michigan that summer. Okay. okay. I had applied for Israel. I just knew God wanted me to do some missions that summer. So I don't remember being angry about it or anything like that. I just said, well, okay, you know. God doesn't want me in Israel, and he wants me in Michigan, then I'll go. And the rest of the story, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just, uh, I, I've seen so many times in, in my life and others how we have a plan or we have a desire, yes. and God takes us on a detour. He does. <laughs> uh, which was really plan A all along. We just didn't know it. And so uh, this is just another case of God's plan A uh, wasn't maybe your original plan A. And so you end up at a little market there in uh, Michigan, and, and you meet Tom. And uh, some of the behind-the-scenes story on Tom is he grew up a, a fisherman's, uh, in a fisherman's family. Uh, they're all Catholic. And uh, he had really been going through kind of a, a spiritual wandering, if you will, and uh, so my, my next question is, do you think that God sent you to Michigan 
to share the gospel with Tom because he was needing somebody to come share the gospel with him. Well, after 53 years, yes. Okay. I know that God sent me there. I okay. had no idea when I got there, you know, just because I, I never thought about dating anybody up there or, you know, getting close to anybody because that was against the rules. When you were a summer missionary, you didn't date anybody, you know. So that kind of was in my head, and, you know, I, I knew that that, that wouldn't be possible, but all of a sudden this guy shows up, and it kind of all started the day we were supposed to leave to come back to Texas in so many ways. My, my. He came over to see me before we got on the airplane. Then we missed an airplane because we were on standby, and so I wasn't a summer missionary anymore. So our host missionary told me, uh, Tom called, and he said, do you want to go out tonight? And I asked the missionary, and he said, well, you're off duty now. So he said, if you want to go, go ahead. <laughs> That's my, what my, it just worked out perfectly. It did. That you missed that plane, and your assignment had officially ended. That's right. So y'all could go out. Yeah. Now, had you already led him to faith at that point, or when did that well, happen? Well, he had accepted Christ that year and a half before. Okay. He just didn't realize what the depth of that was, where he knew that Jesus died for him, and he knew that he needed to serve him. Okay. So, you know, and so I had, I had already uh, explained to him the plan of salvation, and he said, that's when he said, that's what happened to me. So this was like a day after. He just needed somebody to come connect all the dots. Yeah. And so God sent you up there to help connect all the dots for him. I guess so. I know so, yeah. And, uh, you know, isn't it, it's, it's ironic that we have churches who are, are filled with uh, so-called spiritual leaders uh, and people come to them with genuine questions. Right. Yes. And those leaders have no answers. Yes. And Tom was in Catholic seminary for two years of his high school. My, my. Well, praise God that he sent you up there Amen. to <laughs> yeah. uh, connect the dots with Tom. And so uh, you guys came down uh, back to Texas. And how long was it until y'all got married? Uh, we met in August, and we got married in June, the following year, June 6th. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so uh, walk us through just some of his family members coming to faith over the years. So, you know, here's a family that uh, has a religious background, uh, but my understanding is none of them had a, a personal relationship right. with Jesus. Right. Yes. And so Tom was the first one, mm -hmm. uh, and he came to faith. You connected the dots. And then uh, this started uh, something big in his family, uh, literally could change the trajectory of the future generations of his family. Uh, so tell us, walk us through some of these uh, folks that have come to faith over the years. Who's the first one after Tom that you remember? Uh, his brother. His brother that's just younger than he is. Um, he came to visit us when we were living in McCamey, Texas. Tom was pastoring a church down there. And um, Larry came down to visit us, and we visited with him. And, of course, when you come to our home, we're going to tell you about Jesus. And uh, he accepted Christ there. And he also, about six months later, I guess it's about six months, he had gone back to Michigan, but he uh, got involved with the church up there, and the Lord called him to preach. So he pastored a little church for a while. And um, and he's been very faithful to serve the Lord since then. He's not pastoring 
anymore. That was a that was kind of a short stint in his life, but he did that. And through that, thanks for reminding me of this, through that, nieces and nephews, because he'd take the kids to church with him, of the of the kids that were not didn't their parents didn't go to church. And so nieces and nephews accepted Christ through uh, Larry getting saved. And then um, the middle brother is the one that we continue to pray for. Uh, we love him dearly. I know that his daughters are Christians. But the youngest brother, um, he came down to visit us in, Mich- in uh, McCamey. So they just kind of, we lived there for several years. And uh, he came down there, and we just led him to the Lord. And he was very thankful for that. And then uh, last year, year uh, the first year when Yvonne was living with us, Tom's nephew came also and spent time with us. He had just gotten out of the Army, and he came down, and while he was in our home, he accepted Christ. So, I mean, it's just it's just wonderful to see that, uh, Dallas Holmes sings a song, Chain of Grace, if you know it or not. It's wonderful. But it talks about how Jesus starts with us, and he starts making a chain of grace for people to accept Jesus Christ. And it's a great picture. It really awesome. is. Awesome. So I want, to, uh, I, I want to close out our time today uh, just talking about uh, Tom's mom a little bit. And so tell us... Uh, what what was your relationship like with her bef- BC before Christ? Uh, what was it like? Um, <laughs> it wasn't. We didn't have really any m- meanness behind, between us or hatred. That wasn't it. But it was never a loving relationship. I came from a home where my family, everybody just loved everybody, and you know. Uh, when Tom and I, when Tom called his family to tell him that we were getting married, I said, tell them you love them. And he said, we don't do that in our family. And I just, it was hard for me to believe. But I always told his parents that I loved them. Never got that back until she accepted Christ that day. Okay. And the next day she called, next time she called me on the telephone, I said, Ma, I love you. And she said, I love you too. So there you go. God's How many love. times do you think you talk to her about faith or trust in Jesus over the years? Probably face-to-face with her. Not often. She'd cut it off pretty quickly, um, as would his dad. But um, probably four or five times. They, uh, we had to travel to Michigan to visit with them, and so, you know, always tell them we loved them over the telephone. And, but the, the amazing thing was our daughters writing them letters and explaining Jesus Christ, you know, we want you to accept Christ as your Savior, and that's awesome. So it's 40 years of praying, talking to her a bunch of times, cut off a bunch of times, and then uh, God softened her heart. Absolutely. She came to faith. So if, if you had some encouragement for somebody listening today who has a family member that doesn't know the Lord, what would your encouragement to them be? Don't give up. Never give up. Pray for them every day. And then live your life the way Christ wants you to live it. 
no matter what kind of arrows or barbs you get back from those that you're witnessing to. Because if God puts you in a certain place, he's got a reason for you being there. And I've always felt like the reason to be with people who weren't Christians was to share Jesus with them. And uh, that was instilled in me very young in the missions organizations in the church. Amen. Well, we're going to take one last little break, Murph, and then we're going to come back and uh, tie it all together. And uh, it's going to be awesome. Looking forward to it. If you're looking for a church home, I want to invite you to join us at First Baptist San Angelo. Located in downtown San Angelo at the corner of Harris and Oaks, we have small group Bible studies at 9 o'clock and a family worship service at 1030. If you're unable to join us in person, find us on YouTube or on Fox local television broadcasts. At First Baptist, there's a place for you. Welcome back uh, to this last segment of our uh, show today. We've had Murph Dufresne on. She's been sharing her story about uh, meeting Tom and many of his family members coming to faith over the years. And it's a big God story indeed. And uh, certainly God gets all the glory for it. We've heard about uh, Tom's brother, nieces and nephews, and uh, Tom's mom who came to faith. And uh, I lastly just kind of want to look back at your life story, at least in this sense, and just kind of uh, draw some conclusions maybe that could be encouraging to other folks out there. So one thing I think we could draw a conclusion in is that uh, God's plan may not always be our plan, and that's not a bad thing. That's correct. It's usually a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Uh, you you wanted to go to Israel, and God called you to Michigan. And uh you know, another thing is uh, there's people out there that just wonder about, like, the value of short-term missions. Uh, what, what would you say to somebody uh, who's wondering whether a short-term mission trip is worth it? I know that I'm going to have a lot of brothers and sisters in Christ that we've met in all different countries. Volunteer missions is a wonderful way that you can go share Jesus on a short-term basis, but the message is still the same. Uh, there were people in the Bible who only came in contact with Jesus for a few minutes, you know, and they accepted Christ. And I think that should be the same way with us. If we can develop a long-term relationship with people, that's wonderful because we can help them grow in faith. But um, I feel like anytime we go on a volunteer mission trip, you always take Bibles in their language, you always speak to them, and with genuine love, you uh, accept what they have to go through, um, and you minister to them, whatever needs they are, physical needs, spiritual needs, um, emotional needs, because they're in very difficult situations a lot of times, you know, for, in hunger, in health, in everything, and you know, Jesus, Jesus ministered through feeding people, and through touching them and healing them and giving them the medical care that they needed. So how old were you when you went to Michigan on that uh, summer mission trip? 19. 19. So you're just a, a kid, uh -huh. uh, just a kid uh, going on a summer mission trip. You're at the very end of the mission trip, uh, and God not only changed your life, uh, but changed the course of Tom and his family's lives. Uh, it's cool because you can kind of see 
the eternal impact that your mission trip had. I know you've been on a whole lot of other mission trips and you didn't always bring home people with you afterwards. (laughs) So you don't know (laughs) the eternal impact. But uh, I I think a lot of times when we uh, look at short-term missions, we, we just wonder if if there's really an eternal impact. And I think your story today is, is a reminder that not only short-term missions, but short-term missions for young people yes. uh, can have an eternal impact. Absolutely. And I love that. And I'm just thinking about being ready in season and out, se- and out of season. Uh, you know, here you are at the very end of your mission trip, uh, ready to check out and go back to Texas. And quite possibly the most impactful thing that happened on that trip uh, was at the very end. And so you were ready, uh, ready and willing the whole time. So uh, that's awesome, you know. And uh, another another aspect of your story today is just the uh, the power of persevering prayer. And uh, 40 years is a long time. It is. But, you know, God promises us to answer our prayers. And I hadn't gotten an answer yet, so you just keep praying. Okay. I love that. I love that. Well, we've uh, been blessed to have you on the show today as our inaugural guest. I know that our listeners are going to be blessed, too. And uh, folks are going to be coming up to you at church, and they're going to know all about you, and you have no idea of it's because they listen to the podcast. So uh, thank you for being with us today, Murph. Uh, we're going to close our uh, first show with a word of prayer, and l- let's just pray now. God, I just, uh, I praise you, Father, for uh, this big story in Murph's life. Uh, I praise you, God, that you uh, worked through her faith and obedience to uh, uh, change the eternity for a whole group of people that she had no idea she would ever even meet. And uh, thank you for the wonderful marriage that Murph and Tom have had. I pray that you would just continue to bless them, Lord. And I just, I pray for our listeners I just pray that, God, uh, these uh, stories that they've heard today would be an encouragement to them and that they would just be willing to step out and trust you in faith no matter what uh, you're calling them to do. So, Father, we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Murph, have a great rest of your week. Thanks for chatting. Yes. All right. See you you soon. There's no better.